Parshas Vayechi, which is also Shabbos Chazak, we finish the Chumash Bereshis, which is not just finishing the Chumash, it's really finishing the whole really segment of the Oves and the Shvotim. Um, Chumash Bereshis is called Sefer Hayishorim. It's the book of the righteous, the book of the just, the foundations of Klal Yisrael. And all that comes sort of to an end in this week's Parsha, where Yaakov passes away and then the... Um, the Shvatim pass away, and Yosef pass away, and next, next uh, week ready we begin Shemois, which is the story of Klal Yisrael, the birth of Klal Yisrael, and Golos, and Geula. But uh, going to the beginning of this week's parsha, we have Yaakov is uh, getting older and weaker, and a, uh, an emissary comes and tells Yosef, because Yosef is in the capital of Mitzrayim, and Yaakov is in Goshen, and Yosef comes down to Yaakov, and Yaakov has this conversation with Yosef, an interesting conversation. And in that conversation, he asks Yosef to make sure that Yaakov is going to be buried in Israel, in the Ma'ar Samachpelah, which is, of course, what's going to happen. Yaakov is going to pass away, and Yosef is going to see to it that they bring Yaakov to, for burial in the Ma'ar Samachpelah, and it's a major entourage of Yosef and all the brothers and the great leaders of Mitzrayim. Um, the Gemara talks about there was a tremendous parade, so to speak, from Mitzrayim. Uh, leading up to Yaakov's burial. But when Yaakov is going to tell Yosef, going to ask Yosef to take him up, he gives him an interesting um, introduction. And he writes, and I have it in the, in the top paragraph here, Vani bevoi mi Padon. When I was on the way back from Padon, which was um, where Lovan lived, Mesa alai Rochel, Be'eretz Kenan. Rochel passes away as we're traveling toward an Eretz Kenan. It was only a small uh, measurement of ground. It's not clear how big the measurement was. I see some translators a mile or half a mile. And we were not far from Ephras, which is, I guess, not far from today's modern day Ephrat. I don't know if it's exactly the same area. Um, I buried Rachel Vir on the way to Ephras, which is Beis Lachem. As we know till today, you have Kevi Rachel, which is in Beis Lachem, which is not far from, from what we call today Ephrat. So, and this is in our Parsha Perik Memches Pasuk Zayin. So this is sort of the lead up. Yaakov is, is asking Yosef, please make sure I'm going to be buried in Mars Machpelah. And by the way, your mother I didn't. Right? That's how he says it. That's what he says. He says, you know, we were going up there and it, was, it wasn't even that far. It was only about a mile away, but I didn't bury her there. But I'm asking you, please make sure to bring me up there. And it's obviously strange. Mm-hmm. It's a strange introduction. By the way, I didn't do it for your mother, but please do it for me. You know, please. What's, what's going on? So there's a number of Mepharshim, and I want to run through a little bit. of Why really didn't Yaakov bring Rachel to Marasa Machpelah? It's very strange. You know, every, Yaakov knows everyone's in Marasa Machpelah, and Avram is there, and Sarah. And I'm sure um, everyone here has been there, Marasa Machpelah. So yeah. They're all there, aside from Rachel. Rachel is the only one who's not there. You know, you can imagine what that feels like. Right? And so Yaakov says, I didn't bring her there. Why? So, I, I, just a little sampling here. You have the Sepharno. The Sepharno is one of the great Mepharshim Machumish, written by Rabbi Ovadia Sepharno. It's a safer. It's got to be more than 500 years old. He says, I was so broken. I was so broken and so, when, when, my, when Rachel passed away, you remember Rachel's a young woman and, and Yachel, Rachel is the closest to Yaakov of, 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 the, of his wives. And he says, I was so um, in mourning. I couldn't do anything. I was like incapacitated. I wasn't able to bring her any further and therefore she was buried in the way. That is what the Sfarno says. And very similar we have to that in the Targum Yonasen Ben Uziel. 
Right? We know the Chumash has a number of um, translations of Targumim. The first, earliest, and most authoritative of all is the Targum of Yonas and Benuziel. It's even greater than Unkelis. He came earlier. Oh, earlier. Yeah, Yonas and Benuziel was the greatest of Hillel's disciples. So it's way before anything, way before Mishnah. Yonas and Benuziel, he's the one that Gemara says about him that his Kedusha was that great that when he was teaching Torah, if a bird would fly over, the bird would burn up from the flame of the Torah. That's what the Gemara says about Yonas and Benuziel. He's buried in a place called Amuka, which is near uh, Tzfat. And for some reason, that became a place where people go for Shiduchim, brachas for Shiduchim. In fact, for the first time ever, I went through this past summer. You're already um, married. I am married already, I know, but I nevertheless went with my wife. And, um, but anyways, we're getting off top, topic. So you know the Targum of, uh, there's a Pasuk or there's a Chazal that says Targum Shul Torah, Uncle Asagir. Targum Shul Nevim Yuxuvim, Yonason Ben Zil. So some learned, but not all agreed, that the Targum, the other Targum, says Yonason was not the same Yonason Ben Zil. Yeah. somebody else. There's a question about it, right? Yeah. Okay, but it is called Targum Shul Yonason Ben Zil. Be that as a way, he says the same thing, that Yaakov just wasn't able. When Rachel passed away, he didn't have the koach to take for that burial. That's Sforno. Ramban, of course, the great commentator to Chumash, the Ramban, he writes something different. He says, she, she passed away suddenly, and Yaakov didn't have the ability to take her to Marsa Mechbela because... He says, practically, Yaakov was traveling with his children, with their grandchildren, with animals. He had a, it was a tremendous entourage. How is he going to go? He says, He's going to leave all his children and everything in the way. He's going to go quickly. So they didn't have the problem, the, the um, the appropriate doctors or those uh, the, what are the is to embalm you know to be able to uh, preserve the body Vezetam Alai that's what he says Mesa Alai she passed away suddenly I didn't have the ability the wherewithal to arrange it and the Ramban says it's not even that far it's a half a day trip but Yaakov had a lot of uh, there's a great, a great amount of flock and there was family members and children and grandchildren it would have taken many days to travel with such a group to the from where Rachel passed away we see that when he, for Yaakov to come back to Yitzchak took many many time, many days even though it's all you know Israel you know it's another another hour two hours but he was traveling with a great entourage and he wasn't able to go that's the Ramban's take on it did he uh, did he buy that burial plot? not yet well Avram bought it no I know he bought oh, 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 oh you're saying the cave of Rachel what, did they buy that that's an interesting question I you, don't know that the Chumash... Because there was a whole thing in Mars Right. Mars was definitely bought. We had a whole share about that. There are certain right. places in Israel that the Torah tells us they were bought. I don't know that Kevarach was one of them. Because I don't remember seeing it. Right. I don't remember. That's an interesting point, and I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer. Okay. Um, another interesting answer Ramban gives, more of a, more of a, an eye, was it, an eyebrow raiser. He says, Yaakov did not bring her to the uh, to the cave. He didn't want the two sisters buried there together. Yaakov was married to two sisters, which is an issue. Halachically, you're not allowed to marry two sisters. Now, Yaakov was before the giving of Torah, and he had given his promise, he had given his word, but there, there was some level of embarrassment to it. This um, second explanation of Ramban says, there was an embarrassment from his parents, Avram and Yitzchak. 
Leah was the one he got married to first. So therefore that was perfectly permissible. Because he loved her that much. He promised to her, so he felt he had to marry her, but he didn't feel it appropriate to, marry, to bury them both there. That's another explanation that Ramban gives. Okay? So, so far we have three explanations. We have from the Sephorno, he was too brokenhearted. From the Ramban, technically it was, it was impossible to do. And the second explanation from Ramban is that there was some, tar, some level of embarrassment in burying the two sisters together. Okay? Now, all of those are sort of technical reasons. He couldn't do it because of A, B, or C. Rashi, who typically Rashi is the most pshat, here Rashi takes a different route altogether and gives a much more esoteric and Kabbalistic reason of why Yaakov didn't bury Rachel in Maris Machpelah. And according to Rashi, as we're going to see in a moment, and it's based on a medrash, it's not, it wasn't technical at all, it wasn't that he couldn't, it wasn't that he was brokenhearted, but rather this was the way it's supposed to be. Now Rashi says, and this is straight out of the Rashi in Archomesh, Dalacha, he says, Yaakov is telling Yosef, I want you to understand. I buried her there because that's what Hashem told me to do. Many, many years later, there's going to be the destruction of the Besamikdash. Yeah. And there is going to be the evil um, Roman general, Nevuzadron, who is a mass murderer. And the Jewish people were being exiled from Yerushalayim. All of the Jewish exiles were passing by in the area of Kever Rachel. Yatsis Rachel al Kivra Rachel comes out of her Kever. That means, obviously, spiritually speaking, her spirit. Rachel cries to Hashem. And begs for mercy for them. Shenemer, as the pasuk says in Yirmiyahu, famous pasuk, Koil birama nishma, that this this the voice is heard on high. Rachel mavakal baner. Rachel is crying for her children. Vakadosh baruch mishiva. Hashem answers, responds to Rachel's prayer, and says, Yes, schar lepulasech neum Hashem, that there is there will be schar reward for your peulas for your. Um, activities, Hashem said, Hashem promises that ultimately Klal Yisrael will return to their borders, to their boundaries. So therefore, Yaakov is telling Yosef, according to his Rashi, so there's a whole different spin. Yaakov is not just saying, well, technically there was a problem here. Right? Yaakov is telling Yosef that although I'm asking you to take me to Mar and you might think, what's with your mother? And the answer is, your mother has a special mission that Hashem has for her Specifically, and she Dafka didn't go to Marsamachpela to be there for her children for Klal Yisrael in their time of need, in their time of gullus, in their time of exile, to be the one that should stand for them and beg for them and cry for them, daven for them, and ultimately to elicit from Hashem the promise of redemption. And that's what Rashi gives us. Now, this idea about Rachel and, and that story is really played out in the book of Yirmiyahu that Rashi mentioned in short. But let's read a little bit more from the Navi Yirmiyahu and Rashi there in Yirmiyahu. Right? So there's three psukim. Right? Koyamar Hashem, they have it in bold letters here. Koyal Baramanishma, Nehi, Bechi, Samrurim, crying bitter tears. Rachel Mavaka al Rachel is crying for her children. Me'ana Lihinachim, she doesn't allow herself to be comforted. He said, where are my children? My children are not in Eretz Yisrael anymore. So Hashem says to Rachel, 
says, withhold your voice from crying, to stop crying, your eyes from the tears, there is schar, there is reward to your pu'ula, says Hashem, your children, will ultimately be returned from the lands of your enemies, there's hope, Noam Hashem says, Hashem v'shavu banim l'gulam, the Jewish people, your children will come back to the gifu. That's the psukim. So Rashi, there in Yirmiyahu, and again, I'm just reading from you, from the paper here. Rashi says, kol berama nishma. So Rashi says, kola berum alma ishtama. In the high places of this world, a voice was heard. Who? Kol beis Yisrael, this is the Jewish, the voice of the Jewish people, debachon al Yirmiyah neviyah. Rashi is writing here in Aramaic. The Jewish people are crying about Yirmiyahu. What happened? So in, in history, the Jewish people are exiled from Eretz Yisrael. And this is, um, sorry, I think I made a mistake before. This is the Golos of, this is the first Golos, the Golos of Bavel. Right? Yeah. And, and Yirmiyahu uh, is going out with them. And Yirmiyahu is following the Jewish people out. But Hashem tells Yirmiyahu, I want you to go back to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim, and not go out of Israel, not go to Bava. Right? And that's what it says here. Katsholach yasei nevuzadron miramasa. Nevuzadron sent the Jewish people out and exiled them from Ramasa, from the high places. Lashu me'achar ha'goylam. And Hashem tells Yirmiyahu, go back. Don't go with the people being exiled and go to Yerushalayim, El Gedalia ben Achikam. Right? Gedalia ben Achikam was the one Jewish king or vassal that was left in Yerushalayim until he was assassinated, and we have a special fast day for that. So Hashem tells Yumi, oh, I want you to go back to Gedalia. So the Jewish people are going out to Golos, and suddenly their Navi, Yumiyo, was told to leave them. So they all start crying. And that's the Kol Baroma Nishma, Rashi says. The voice of crying of the Jewish people. As, as, as is recorded later in the Sefer. Okay? So then what happens? Who comes to stand up for the Jewish people? Rachel, our mother Rachel. Rachel Mavakal Bana, Medrish Agoda Omar. Rashi brings a fascinating Medrish. Holchu Oves Vimois Lefais Asakodish Borhu. The Oves and Imois, Vramitzchakayakov, all of our Oves and Imois, the fathers and mothers came to try to appease Hashem. Al Shehemid Minashe Dmus Behechel. Manasseh was one of the evil kings of the Jewish people, and he created, he erected idolatry, idols in the Heichel, in the Beis HaMikdash. So Hashem's wrath was awakened, and the Aves and Imois go to beg for us. Hashem wasn't appeased. He says, the Jewish people, they, they turned their back on me totally. Nobody was able to affect Hashem's merciful promise, aside from Rachel. What happened? Nichnes Rachel, Rachel comes in, Amra Lefanov. And she says, Rachel talks to Hashem. Right? Only like a, like a Jewish mother is able to talk for her children. She says, Who has greater mercy? You, Hashem, or a human being of flesh and blood? Obviously, Hashem's Rachamim are going to be greater. Says Rachel, Look what I did, Rachel said. Yaakov wanted me. Yaakov wanted to marry me, right? And I allowed for my sister to take my place, to take my wedding gown, right? Rachel gives, Rachel allows Leah 
to get married to Yaakov instead of Yaakov. As, as, instead of her. As she says, All of the work, seven years of work that Yaakov served my father, was for me. Yaakov wanted to marry me. The day I came to go into the chuppah, they brought in my sister Leah. Not only was I quiet, I could have in one second, I could have said Yaakov, it's the wrong person. Not only was I quiet, Masarti la Simone, I gave her the Simone, right? Those um, that, that, that my sister shouldn't be embarrassed. So Rachel says to Hashem, if I did that for my sister, Afata, the same thing is with, with the children, with your children. They also brought in an idol into your base, Amikdash, you have every reason to be incensed. Be quiet. Just like I was quiet. When my sister was brought into the house instead of me. So I'm asking you to be quiet, you to be appeased when your children brought in a, a foreign entity, a foreign deity into the Besam Mikdash. Omar Allah Hashem says to Rachel, Yafe Lamadita Saniguria. Says that's, that was, uh, Saniguria is a, um, you're a good lawyer, you're a good uh, defender. defender. You give the ultimate defense. There is going to be reward for your pu'ulam, for your tzidkas, for your righteousness. And she was the one who elicited the promise of Vishavu Banim Lagvulam that there's gal, it's going to be exile, but there's going to be an end to exile, and the kids are going to come back home, Kalish doesn't come back home. So, this is the story, and this is all what Yaakov is telling Yosef. Hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, Yaakov prophetically is telling us. He says, and he says, Takim. He says, you might be, you might be a little bit upset here. You might be wondering. I'm asking you to take me to Mar Samachpela, and your mother is is on the street somewhere, you know, on, on the way in, in Beis Lechem. But there's a reason. Now, one might ask. She could sell that 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 defense buried even wherever she's buried. Right, right. So she could have. But the idea was when they were gullus, when they were leaving Yerushalayim. So they can't be anywhere there. And they're on the way out, they were able to stop and hurt by her. But here we have another thing. What the great thing that Rachel did was that she gave her Simonim to her sister. Why because of that is she the one that's buried elsewhere? That's like a double first of all, she gave the Simonim to her sister, and now she ends up buried elsewhere. But the MS is they both come from the same place. What does Rachel represent? Rachel represents total dedication and self-sacrifice for others. So therefore, when it came to her sister Leah, she was willing to give away everything that she rightfully was hoping for and deserved for her sister. When it comes for Kalal Yisrael, she's willing to give away being in the Maris Machpelah for the sake of Kalal Yisrael. It's the same, it's the same midah, the same midah of total sacrifice for others that Rachel personified both times. The first time by her sister where she was ready to go live with the tzaddik and be Yaakov of Yuna's wife and she waited her entire life for it but to embarrass her sister, let her go. And I don't, she didn't know that she was going to get married. She didn't know that Yaakov was going to take a second wife. When she was giving Leah the, the you know, the, the simon and the wedding, the wedding gown, she had no idea that she would end up being Yaakov's wife. So this is the ultimate sacrifice, not knowing if she would ever be Yaakov's wife. And now, many years later, Hashem says it's going to be she who has this chus to be Meister Nefesh again for her children for Klal Yisrael. And this is the power of Rachel Emenu, and really the, the ultimate lesson for all of us, to be willing to sacrifice for another, but especially for a Jewish mother. More than anyone else, who has that concept of to give away their own Kedusha, their own uh, place of holiness for their children, is Rachel Emenu. And that's the message for a Jewish mother. It's interesting. 
much later you have um, you have uh, um, Shmuel's mother Chana right Shmuel's mother Shmuel Chana who um, you know the story with Eli ultimately she has a baby Shmuel and her husband Elkanah goes up to Vesamikdash again every year we go up to Vesamikdash see I'm not going I'm staying here to take care of my child until he grows old enough then we'll go to the Vesamikdash again what's, what's he saying so I don't it's wonderful to go to Besamekdash. I love being in Besamekdash. But right now, I'm going to give away that zechus in order to be there for my children. The concept of giving away one's own greater greater place or greater holy being in order to help others, that's what Rachel really personified. And that's why Rachel is called, for all time, the Akeres Habayis, the ultimate wife, the foundation of the home of Klal Yisrael. Let's go a little further here um, from Amar Shah. Marsha, of course, is um, one of the primary Mepharshim uh, commentators on the Gemara. And it's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. And he talks about also the words here. Yaakov says, if you go back to the um, very first line on the page, Yaakov said, Mesa alai Rachel. What does the word alai mean? If you think about it, it could have said, Mesa Rachel. Rachel passed away. What does Mesa alai Rachel? Rachel died for me. So Marsha talks about it based on the Gemara and the Sanhedrin. The Yaakov was saying it was the it was the worst. I lost my whole life when Rachel passed away. He says I lost everything when Rachel passed away. She was my beloved wife. And he says the milas alai. Again, I'm in the paragraph that begins with Marsha. Who kimiyuter? It's as if that word is extra. Lemedrish to teach us the misasa he oiserishem loy that her death had such a tremendously profound impact on Yaakov. Otherwise, there was Leah, and then there was Bill and Zilpa, right? But Lematza Kairas Ruach Rakba. She was the Rachel was the one that gave Yaakov the ultimate tainug, the ultimate pleasure, the ultimate closeness he had to Rachel. This he was he was his first wife. Now that doesn't mean in order, because he married Leah first, but first in prominence. That's the one he wanted. That's the one he came for, right? And she was called the foundation of the home. Ikro shel Yaakov, the essence of Yaakov, lo avad rak barachel, was all for Rachel. And that's Mesa Allah, Yaakov says. What's the kaimala? What's that? Uh, it's easy to understand. This. Oh, now, if you know the story, it's, it's, it's obvious. Now, the Medrash takes this a step further. The Medrash, Rabban Parshas Vayetzei. A very beautiful Medrash. It says, the Pasuk says, Varachel Akora. What's a simple pshat of Akora? Is that she was barren. She couldn't have children. Medrash says Akara is from the word Iker. That she was the main, the mainstay of the home. Rachel is Ikri Shal Bayis. Tani Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai who wrote the Zohar. Says, L'fishekal hadvorim tuli in Barachel. Everything was because of Rachel. The reason Yaakov got married in the first place was because of Rachel. The one who Yaakov was closest to was Rachel. L'fichach nikru Yisrael al Shmo. All the Jewish people are always called, forever, the children of Rachel, more so than our other Imois. Rachel is the one who stands for Klal Yisrael. As it says in Yermio, we read it, Rachel Mavaka al Baneha. She daven, cried for her children. Who was she crying for? All of Klal Yisrael. Even though technically, only two Shvatim were Rachel's children. But all of Klal Yisrael are called Rachel's children because she's Akara Sabayis. Says the Medrash, not just Rachel. All the Jewish people are not just called children of Rachel, we're all children of her son. Who is Rachel's son? Yosef. The Jewish people are called the remnants of Yosef. We're all called Yosef's children. 
And then it goes further. Not just her son, even her grandson. We say in the davening Roshani and Kippur that Hashem has this special uh, treasure for his son Ephraim. Who's Ephraim? All of Klal Yisrael is called Ephraim. So all of Klal Yisrael are called the children of Rachel. All of Klal Yisrael are called the children of Yosef, Rachel's son. All of Klal Yisrael are called the children of Ephraim, Rachel's grandson. Why? What's so special about Rachel that we're all her children and we're all her son's children? Because of her midah of total self-sacrifice for Klal Yisrael. When one is willing to sacrifice themselves, sacrifice their place in the Mara Samach Pela, sacrifice, sacrifice their ability to, to be Yaakov's wife, to everything to give away. When one gives away for others, then one becomes the, the main one for everyone. Everyone gravitates to, everyone looks, their schus is to be connected to that one who had that level of self-sacrifice. And we'll finish with one last point. What, what was unique in this week's Parsha, in this conversation of Yaakov with Yosef, what's most unique about Rachel's descendants? That she had two grandchildren who became part of the Shvatim. No one else had that, right? right? No, the only one who had grandchildren who joined the Shvatim are Rachel's grandchildren, Ephraim and Manasseh. Ve'ata shnei banecha ha'noladim l'cha be'eretz Mitzrayim adboi ilecha. Yaakov says the two children that were born in Mitzrayim before I came, Ephraim and Manasseh, Kuruvin v'shimon Why? Why does she have that koach? When, when, you, when a person has that level of self-sacrifice for others, then even a child born in Mitzrayim can grow up to be one of the Shvatim. Even someone who's distant, even who all the odds are, they grew up in Mitzrayim in Paro's palace. How could they be holy people? But with a, with a Babi like, like, like Rachel Emenu, someone who devotes her life for others in that level, is able to bring Kedusha, able to bring Yeshua, even for grandchildren born in Mitzrayim. And that's why Ephraim and Manasseh also become part of the Shvatim. And notice, this is a lead up to that. This is Perik Memches Pasuk Hey, this is Pasuk Zion. So when Yaakov calls in Yosef, he says, let me tell you about your mother. Really, Yaakov is telling you guys, I want to tell you about your mother. You know, you don't remember. It's, it's been many, many, many years. But your mother is the one who personifies what it means, Mesiris Nefesh for another Yid. And Mesiris Nefesh for Klal Yisrael. And that's why she's the, forever the Akeras Mayas of Klal Yisrael. Yes, <laughs>